What's up, Magic fans? This is Mackenzie Thurkill of the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from my favorite guys across the pond at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Geraint, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! What's up, Magic fans, and welcome to this week's episode of Penny for Your Thoughts, the Orlando Magic UK podcast. Today is Wednesday, the 21st of September 2022. I'm your host this week, Mikey. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Paul Bacon. Evening, Paul. Evening, Mikey. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing very well, mate. I'm doing very well. Have you got the bags out yet? Um, we're getting there. We're getting close. We're getting close. <laughs> the planning, the planning is in full swing. We've uh, we've got the parking paid for for all four games now. So uh, yes, next, one more step done. One more step done. Happy days. And uh, and our other co-host Garrett Jones. Evening, G. Evening, mate. How are we? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Are you uh, geared up, ready to go? Absolutely, man. Five weeks. Uh, we just had to do a double check of the. Uh, Disney film list to make sure all the children the children had seen as many of them as possible, <laughs> so they knew what the rides were all about. So uh, no, everyone's very excited. Great stuff. Well, this time in five weeks, we will be on the plane. We'll be over the Atlantic this time in in a few weeks. So uh, before we get into uh, the rest of the show, we've got a really exciting episode for you this week. Shortly, we'll be joined by the new Orlando Magic director of player services and pro personnel Becky Bonner, who was promoted from Director of Player Development and Basketball Operations, which was announced yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk to Becky about her role with the Magic and how that's going to change now she's been promoted. We're going to talk to her about the new Advent Health Training Centre and why everyone around the organisation is so excited for the upcoming season. Uh, before we get into all of that, if you're heading to Orlando to watch the Magic this season, especially if you're flying over from the UK, make sure you visit our website, orlandomagicuk.com forward slash visiting Orlando for our guide on buying tickets, getting to the Amway Centre and more. Um, I still get messages, you guys are probably the same, about how do you get tickets. I had somebody yesterday yeah. actually direct message me on Twitter going, I know you guys are going over, how do you get tickets? So if you head over to that, that will uh, give you some more information. Uh, for merchandise, shop the latest Orlando Magic gear at both the NBA Store EU and Fanatics UK. The links are in the description of the podcast. Add the code MAGICUK10 at the checkout for 10% off. Or you can head to our own online store, magicfansapparel.tmail.com for some of our own merch. And if you would like to help support the podcast for free, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Orlando Magic UK. Even if you subscribe on another platform, that would really help us out. Okay, right, some magic news before we get Becky on. Uh, we're less than a week away from the Magic Media Day and the start of training camp. The Magic hold their Media Day on Monday where we hope to see all the players suit up in the new Statement Edition jerseys. And then Tuesday is the start of training camp as the team go through their preparations ahead of the preseason game on Monday, the 3rd of October, against the Memphis Grizzlies. So only 12 days away now, boys. So, um, Frighteningly close. Are we excited? It doesn't feel like it's just around the corner, does it? Do you know what? It's... I think because we've had such anticipation for so long building for the for the trip coming up that as it gets as it's getting closer and these little milestones are ticking by 
it's feeling more and more surreal that, hang on, this is in four weeks' time, I should be landing over there. Uh, in five weeks' time, we're all watching basketball um, together at some point. It's, it's, it's starting to feel very close, very exciting, but still a little... Uh, like, is it actually going to happen? We'll see. Yeah. Um, I, you know, yes, it's going to happen. Yes, it's going to happen. Buzzing. Good man. Well, on Tuesday, the Orlando Magic announced over 30 basketball operation promotions, including Becky. Uh, some other notables include Pete D'Alessandro to associate GM. He's been with the Magic for quite a few years now. Um, Atunji Adedipe who was promoted from the Lakeland Magic GM to Vice President of Player Personnel, uh, Kevin Tyler to Lakeland Magic GM, and Todor Pandoff as the new Head Strength and Conditioning Coach, um, who's taken over from Nathan Spencer, who we were actually hoping to get on the podcast right after the season, and then everything went quiet, and then we found out he left the team. But there we go. That's the way it is. Um, so the only other really related news that's, NBA topic really is the NBA and the NBA Players Association are in serious talks on details on a new collective bargaining agreement uh, reported by both Woj and Shams Terrania the Athletic. Uh, one item is reducing the draft eligibility from 19 back to 18 and a return of high school straight to the NBA eliminating the one and done rule. So uh, gee what's your thoughts on this potential rule getting thrown in the bin? Honestly, I don't particularly like it. Um, you don't get many 19-year-olds uh, come into the NBA uh, and, and be able to perform and are ready, uh, let alone an 18-year-old. <clears throat> I mean, the only sort of um, player this season, I think, was Shaden Sharp, um, who, who came straight. Um, and teams didn't really know what they were getting. You know, once you have a look at the um, the draft class, you can obviously have a look at the, the college uh, game tape. Uh, but playing a college game compared to a high school game is a lot different. So you don't really know what you're getting. Um, so and I, I think the NBA is also missing a trick here um, by not letting the, the players go to college, um, giving them the option to, to, you know, to opt out and basically go to college because it's um, a bit of a... a a place where they can showcase themselves. Mm -hmm. um, college basketball is obviously massive in the States. Uh, you, you see the arenas, you know, packed out, uh, Duke, North Carolina, uh, you know, all, all, all of the teams. Um, and you think of examples like Zion Williamson before he went to New Orleans, he already had a massive following because of what he'd done at Duke. So you get these kids coming in from high school and they're not going to have that following. Um, so I think the, the NBA is missing a trick there. Um, you're not going to get players, you know, like Tim Duncan back in the 97 draft, played four years, I think, at, at Wake Forest, come in and turn the Spurs around from being a, you know, a bottom feeder to, to a, a championship contender. So all in all, you know, if the teams are willing to embrace, you know, the immaturity and um, inexperience from an 18-year-old, um, on their roster from a competitive balance standpoint um, I, I think this is just going to harm the draft product Paul got anything you want to add? I don't see how it's going to enhance the game I don't see how it enhances the league at all um, I think 
there's there's a world of difference between somebody who joins an organization at, at eight, 17, 18 uh, in maturity levels to somebody who has had um, another year of development, potentially two years of development. Um, physicality, for starters, strength, you, you, you're more of a man for the physical strengthening side of things, Mikey, to talk about that than I. But there's a world of difference between somebody who's 18 and still developing and 20 and has got another two years of strength training behind them um, and experience. Now, I don't think it's going to add anything to the NBA product. And I suppose there's, there's an argument for it could potentially weaken um, some of the some of the uh, <coughs> excuse me some of the teams and the uh, performances that we do actually see. I mean, I've not, I've not, I'll be honest. I've not actually looked at um, this. You sending through what we were going to talk about tonight was the first I'd seen of it. Okay, I think all it, I think all this does really is just open up the opportunities for the players, giving them the the choice to to whether they want to go straight to the draft. I think if anything, it makes the draft an even bigger lottery when you throw absolutely yeah, players this, in there. Yeah, because again, you don't know what you're going to get, but you might find the odd hidden gem like we had Dwight Howard back in was it 2005? We drafted him. 2004. Four. Yeah, yeah. they're few so, and far so, between now, aren't they? Let's be honest. Exactly. Exactly. You look at yeah. best. You, best way in the world. You look at the at at the Premiership where. You know, in in football side of things over here, yes, you get some prodigies come in who are playing at eighteen in getting into international teams and like, but the majority are still only playing part roles, a bit role within a team of established players. Um, is it? Are they going to develop any greater skills by playing in college to playing in? With an NBA team, I don't know personally. Um, I don't see it necessarily being a beneficial change. Mm-hmm. No, they're going to have a lesser role as well on an NBA yeah. team compared to college. When they're going to be said, right, you're the man. You know, possibly you know year one, year two, whatever in college, uh, and they get to establish that role, learn it, and then move on to the NBA. But interesting, you said about the football. Um, didn't Arsenal play a 15 year old on the weekend? I, I, missed, I missed that. I didn't see. I've not. I've, I've didn't see anything over the weekend of the uh, of sports yeah, came, at all. Came on in the second half, I think. So, uh, but it's a little bit different than the football. So, um, yeah. Cool. And and the other is a measure that allows players citing mental health similar to physical health. So basically, this new policy would likely avoid a situation similar to the one that we saw Ben Simmons face last year with the 76ers who got fined for missing games as he cited mental health concerns. So, Paul, what's your thoughts on the new potential mental health citing rule? Again, mate, I hadn't seen anything about it. Um, so I, I actually had not known anything about the suggested rule. But in some ways, talking about mental health used to be like talking about Fight Club, didn't it? It was something you didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Um Thankfully, that's no longer the case. You know, I'm somebody who suffers with depression um, and have been to the point of suicidal thoughts um, 
So I welcome any initiative that actually raises the profile of uh, the mental health conversation. Um, if sports stars talk openly uh, and are able to come forward and say that they are suffering, then that has to also benefit members of the public who watch sports stars, see what they do. Um, it helps break that taboo in some way that is still present. As to the mental health citing rule, I think there should be one, definitely. Um, it's a it's a form of illness that is absolutely invisible um, and it can be absolutely debilitating. I'm quite open and honest about my struggles that I've had over the time. I know I've told this story to one or two people before and I've sold it to you, Mikey. Mm. Um, but I knew I needed help one morning when I was making a, a cup of tea and as I'm pouring the milk into the into the mug, it ran out. I cried for 45 minutes about the milk running out, even though I was stood next to a fridge that had four pints of milk in it. I just couldn't face opening that fridge door. Um, yeah, that's it, it, It's bizarre the the way it actually affects you. Um, yes, we know that there will be those who abuse that type of rule to force something that they want professionally. I actually saw it happen in my own professional life where somebody wanted to be in a different role. They didn't like the role that they were in. So they effectively went on strike by throwing um, what can only be called a mental health sickie. Uh, they played the symptoms. Um, and I'm not going to lie. It really, really annoyed me. However, the rule should be there because it will benefit those that have genuine difficulty. Um, and I hope that as part of it, it will automatically fall, funnel somebody who is citing that they are having some struggles into a support programme, allowing them to access something that can, it can be the difference between being able to continue uh, where to, from a point where you feel there is no hope of continuing. So yeah, good idea. All for it. Well said, mate. Well, I know we've had various conversations over this so, over the years since we've known yeah. each other, and uh, I think it's definitely something good to talk about, uh, especially, I'm uh, not just pinpointing it on guys, but I think guys probably find it harder to talk about things like that, maybe more so oh, than good, girls yeah. sometimes. So, um, yeah, it's certainly something uh, worth talking about. Um so moving on, the current CBA expires at the end of the 23-24 season, but these negotiations just starting basically means both sides can agree in December to opt out of the following, sorry, opt out following this current 2022-23 season. If they do so, a new agreement would be in place before the 23-24 season when that begins. Um, so hopefully... The fact that these negotiations are starting early means that a lockout is not going to happen because they managed to get it done the last time. But was it 2011-12, G? Was the last time we had a, a lockout? We missed about 30-odd games of the season. Yeah, so, it was uh, massively shortened season, wasn't it? Yeah, so nobody wants that. So, um, yeah, it's good that they're, they're in negotiations over this. Okay, right. Well, let's get into our interview with Becky. So we are super excited to have a very special guest this week, uh, Becky Bonner, who's the new Orlando Magic Director of Player Services and Pro Personnel. Becky, congratulations on the pr new promotion and welcome yeah. to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you having me on. 
No, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, well, we're keen to find out about your your new role that got announced yesterday and, <laughs> and what you've been up to. Um, but before we get into that, um, for some of the research we've been doing, it's obviously very clear that uh, basketball's in your blood and you grew <laughs> up around basketball. Uh, you played at Stanford, you played at Boston University and you played professionally in Sweden. You've got two brothers, Matt, who won two titles with the Spurs. You've got Luke, who played overseas and in the G League. Um, and you've also been around a couple of men's gold-winning USA teams as well. Um, I think this is your sixth season you're going into with the Magic. Yes, uh, having spent correct. Having spent six years in uh, working for the NBA League office. Um, from what I understand, you work really closely with Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, the front office. Um, Jeff obviously hired you when he turned up in, in Orlando six years ago as well. First of all, what was that process like and what was it about the magic organization that made you want to come and work there? Um, the process of getting to the magic or before and um, well, basically, you know, after spending um, a big, a good chunk of time with our national team um, for the 2016 Rio Olympics, um, it was, I think it was like something like 45 days of togetherness with the team side. And then um, once we finished um, the day we won the gold medal, we flew back to America and I had to get on another flight and like a day later to go over um, for my league office job and do um basketball out borders Africa camp and then on to Europe camp. And it was kind of a whirlwind time for me. I was on the road a lot. And so when I finally came up for air, um, I think we were, you know, well into starting the NBA season. And I sort of started thinking about how um, much I enjoyed that team atmosphere and um, kind of thought about who all was involved and, the, and in the room and everything like that for USA basketball process and working side by side with them and, and seeing all that went into it. I kind of thought, well, maybe I could do this for a team one, you know, someday, just kind of in my head, nothing in particular. And I um, ended up using my, you know, Lee office living in New York city um, role and, for some of my job for that, I would have to go to the games, right? When their team was playing at the Knicks or Brooklyn. And so I started going a little early and sitting with some friends that whether they were a general manager or a pro personnel scout or whatever at the game. And I started sitting with them or, and saying, well, what, what do you do? Why are you here? What are you watching? And picking their brains and getting to know new people that I hadn't met yet that were doing that. And then, you know, same thing, you know, they have those big college games in New York and MSG and, and Barclays. So then I'd go to that and sit with those scouts and say, well, what are you doing? And kind of pick their brain and just kind of figure out, oh, that's really cool. I didn't even know. Like, to be honest with you, I didn't really know what all the jobs were for an NBA team because it never really dawned on me that that would be something I could do. And so I started to really think about it like, oh, that could be something I'd be interested in. And then, um, but I didn't really, I just sort of just, you know, kept that to myself and um, continued enjoying my great job with the league office, um, doing what I was doing there. And then just at the end in, in May, I got a phone call um, from Sayu Jerry, who was sort of saying, teeing up the opportunity with the magic and Jeff and everything like that. And it was a very quick decision, easy, easy yes to make. And um, off I went. 
That's really cool. That's superb. Really good. And of course, the weather must help in Florida. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Living and working in this area has been really lovely. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, so you obviously focused on um, player development for the Magic. So two, um, two parts to my question. What did, did your typical day look like? Um, and how is your role going to change from player development and basketball operations to your new director of player services and pro personnel job? Well, when I first got here, um, kind of piggybacking off our previous conversation, they really there really wasn't a, um, a player development um, space. So just creating it really and defining it and putting, you know, a mission statement together and a staff together and um, educating people about what that looks like for us. And, um, you know, following the direction of Jeff and John to deliver, you know, the, this level of service for our players that they, they expect. And um, so putting that all together was sort of the early stages and then it kind of grew into, you know, um, building it and growing it and really trying to put something together where um, we're there to help our players uh, focus on the game. And, you know, as they come into Orlando, make it an experience that um, is seamless transition if they're a new coming from a new place or um, it's their first time with the NBA team as a rookie. And so um, just really honing in on, on the player service side of it and then making sure that um, all the other parts of the organization also understand that and are organized and creating um, a time management schedule or a schedule that everyone can see and make sure that we're not pulling the guys in too many directions on the wrong day or the maybe we are and it's the right day to do that and just really um dialing diving into the details of what it what it looks like for a player each day it's really interesting because you know you look at the development through his rookie season of Franz Wagner it was largely ignored by the basketball media um you see his performances this summer with the german team um must be very gratifying as part of development somebody who works with the development team to see him get plaudits so therefore what has it been like to work as part of a team that with a group of youth that are so willing to to learn and you know take the opportunity that's given to them in orlando I think it's, um, you know, we're really lucky to work with such great players. And I think our um, Jeff, John, and our head coach, Jamal, do a great job at finding um, great character guys and high integrity guys that want to work and want to be here. And of course, they're very, very talented as well. So that makes it fun and easy to be around. Um, but we are surrounded by great people. And that definitely includes our entire roster and so it's really rewarding to come to be a part of this every day and be around people like that because it's um it can be a lot to you know go through the season together and travel and um eat all our meals we eat a lot of meals together we work hard we're all kind of really investing a lot of our time and commitment into this organization and we're really locked in and it's kind of like i call it the orlando magic vortex where you just you're in and you're like oh i missed this holiday i missed this birthday Oops. <laughs> and so um you're just really really um there for each other and so um 
it's a great space to work in and to see from, um, the players and go off and have a great summers or whatever they were doing mm-hmm. is just um, an extension of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good answer. Um, and it leads nicely to my next question. Um, tell us about the locker room and the camaraderie that we see from the outside looking in. You know, we get to see the videos. You see, you see what Cole's like when he hits a game winner, etc. But it just seems that everybody is pulling for one another uh, and seems to enjoy their company. Have you seen, you know, an atmosphere like this before? And how important is it to a young squad like ours? I think every team is different every year. Every season is different. Each season has a new identity and a new mix of um, ingredients, you know? And so, um, you know, for our crew going into, we're about to start with this season. It'll be fun to see how that goes. But um, we all, we, we always encourage everyone to be themselves and be who they are. Um, us included. I have to be me every day. Um, the good and the bad, whatever. Maybe I think I'm funny one day, but nobody laughed, you know? And so um, it's just, you, you got to stick to being who you are and remembering that. And it, that again, that extends to the players too. And I think they do a really good job of that um, for being such a young team and figuring out who they are, both as a man, you know, and a person and as a basketball player. I think some of that actually shines through it's, it's not just, uh, G made reference there to the camaraderie of the team, but the, you, as a fan, you walk into the Amway and there is so much loyalty to the organisation from the first person that you meet who is checking your ticket to the, the staff in the shops and the uh, the outlets uh, and the food and the food vending to then when you walk into the seat the the ushers and the people in there who are making that experience it's it's an amazing team that come together uh, from the organization as a whole and there's a massive amount of fierce loyalty I've got one or two friends who are a long-standing uh, employees with the team and they they bleed blue they bleed blue it's mm-hmm. it's amazing to see the loyalty that uh, the magic franchise can engender it's brilliant i really do love it well it's great to hear and i feel i honestly feel the same way you know i relocated from living in uh manhattan new york city right for 6 years and so when i first came here i was kind of like whoa why is everyone being so nice and hospitable <laughs> <laughs> because it just wasn't that way living in the city um and so it took me a minute to get used to it and it's just super authentic and it's it's who 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 we are, people are here like it's who we are yeah so coming into the new facility how exciting is it to finally get the facility the new training facility open and which are some of the features that you are really most excited for i suppose is the best way of putting it you know the facility is amazing um the devos family and jeff and jamal the vision and behind it and Evan health everyone that worked on this project did a great job and um, i think exceeded expectations my mind couldn't have like imagine this you know and so but i'm most excited for the players to get in here and experience it and see their reaction and see the how see them feel how much we are invested in them like this is for them we, we put this together so that they can have everything they need and um 
and and really show them how much we care about them. And it's it's all about the guys. And so um, that that care and that thought was put into the details surrounding, like especially all the player areas. Um, and I think they're going to think it's pretty special. I hope they do. <laughs> you know, certainly, it, it was uh, it, it got attention from players outside of the Magic as well. There were one or two tweets from uh, players outside um, on other teams looking and saying, "We need this. We want that." It's got to. It's got. It, it's got to. Um, up to Orlando's profile with players outside and uh, as a destination so. to come to. I mean, they thought of all of the recovery, everything you like. You could, you could feasibly just live in your locker and be here all the time if you <laughs> if you wanted to. It's just um, really well thought out, and we're so lucky that um, the, inv- the investment was be- able to be made in something like this for them. And I think it'll just help everybody. I'm guessing the biggest. I'm guessing the biggest improvement was just having more space for the players to practice with the bigger with with more court space. Yes, there's a lot more court, a lot more baskets, <laughs> and um, there's plenty of time, like plenty of availability, um, space, basketballs to get work done for as whenever and as many guys as they need. Awesome. Well, there's obviously a lot of optimism around the organisation yeah. and the fan base after drafting Paolo. We've obviously got the young core the Magic have quickly put together um, and you've been around successful teams yourself. What does this Magic team have that should get Magic fans excited about this upcoming season and, and what's to come in the future? I think it's just exciting um, to appreciate the process and the work that everyone's doing to get better and come together and sort of, you know, grow up together and be in, in this league and uh, ready, ready to be a place where maybe you don't want to, you want to play the magic. They're going to go hard. They're going to, they're going to give us their all. And um, I think that's pretty exciting to watch, watch the ball move, watch our players work hard on defense. And um, I just, I think it's an, a, a great point to, to be at right now and an exciting, especially with the level of talent coming in and growing and developing. Well, the three of us will be over in October. Yeah. We're over for the start of oh, the nice. season and there's about 20, 20 odd of us coming over from the UK. So uh, we'll be there in person to see, see oh, the good. team grow up. <laughs> right. So you know. if, you hear, if you hear a loud section of very British accents, you know where <laughs> <it's at. laughs> we apologize in, adv- in advance. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad. But to uh, bring the atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Becky, we're um, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh we're mindful that you're you're busy. You got you said before that you got stuff to move into the new facility. I'm sure that's mm-hmm. a race against time with, with training camp next week. But uh thank you very much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate your time with this. Well, thank you again for Becky for uh, joining us on the podcast. It was great to finally get her on. Um, We moved this episode earlier in the week. Um, As we move throughout the season, we're going to be recording on on Fridays and Saturdays. Um, As you guys know, we live outside the US, so recording after games in the very early hours of the morning is virtually impossible. So we try and record 
uh, on an evening where there's no games. So the content we put out throughout the season is relevant when you guys get to listen to the show. So next week, we're going to be recording on Friday, the 30th of September. We're going to be recapping Media Day. Uh, we're going to be discussing news from training camp. And we're going to look ahead to the first few preseason games um, against the Grizzlies, Spurs and Mavs, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, but as always, thank you guys for listening and watching. Stay up to date with the latest Orlando Magic news by subscribing to our YouTube channel, Orlando Magic UK, and leave us your comments. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Orlando Magic UK. So from Garrett, Paul, and myself, until next week, go Magic.